Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cam Manning's Kill a Jedi Podcast. I am your host, the Artificial Dragon. I am Kit Gripless Kit right now. <laughs> I'm Hannah, who's just stuffing her face with a cookie. <laughs> yeah, because you haven't eaten all day. I yep. literally just got both of these people as uh, they got out of work, so... Yeah, this is kind of a uh, very quick episode, but, you know, I'm really, really excited because I want to pick it, pick everybody up super early for this. Okay, uh, well, before I go into the episode, Anna, I got something that, uh, I showed this to Kid in person, but... Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's the hair of anime waifus, baby! Yeah, we got... Let's uh, fucking go! <laughs> I'll show a uh, little sneak preview for the audience, but I... We reached out to an artist, and this is our first prototype art piece for the future Patreon page. Oh, I thought it was the waifu page. Damn it. <laughs> well, if this is for a future Patreons who want to support the channel, they'll get a their own a downloadable file of the uh, the MILF, which is of Dafamir. That they're supposed to oh, the, the MILF go! <laughs> the MILF. Oh, I thought this was a reverse harem. Well. That's gonna be the second piece. There's gonna be there's currently a reverse harem in the works. That's yeah, cool. Can I, just see it? can I just see it one more time? Yeah, let's fucking <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah like uh Now someone needs to do a reverse harem. Yeah, there's gonna be a reverse harem, don't worry. <laughs> we are a inclusive podcast, so we got something for both the guys and the girls out there. So Fuck yeah! <laughs> look out for that. Let's go boys. <laughs> Ironically enough, uh so if you look at the the far right, that's the uh, Blue Coral Divers Clan. I think that one looks the most spicy. Wait, can I see it again? Yeah. Her and her big boob window? <laughs> Damn, Isaac, I know what type of woman you are, you're into. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think the spider clan on the far left is also pretty good. Yeah. I'm more into like, the chick with the hood. Yeah, that's the night sister. But anyway, they so, all look pretty cool. Yeah, they're super fan servicey, but they all look pretty cool. Waifu tear, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for our future Patreon, and uh, you know you could go support the channel whenever we upload it. Make a I, mat, make a Magic the Gathering mat with that. Play your cards. <laughs> on that. I don't know. Do oh, something. Damn. No, dude, we will we will put worse on their fucking Magic the Gathering mats. Really? <laughs> I've dude, I've just seen like a big. Like, it was just a... Do you know Shad? Oh. Yeah, someone just had, like, like a super, like, naked lady model of Shad... Of, like, a, like of Shad's character on there with big boobs. Mm. <laughs> at the geekery with, like, with like a bunch of kids around. It's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, um, point is we got a harem and a reverse harem in the works. Um, and they'll be available for anyone that contributes to our Patreon page, which I hope will be up within the next couple months or so. Yeah! Yeah! Woo! Sounds fun! Yeah. Um, okay. Guys, do you guys, uh, know what today's topic is gonna be? Force factions, baby! (laughs) Let's fucking go! Yeah, so... Today's episode, we are, which is actually very appropriate because the Witches of Dothamir are a Force-sensitive faction, but we did an entire episode dedicated to them. Force-sex cult, here we go, baby. <laughs> We're the Force-choking and Force-fisting, baby. 
Let's go! I'm going to say that or force BDSM. <laughs> they probably exist somewhere. Dude, the Sith probably do that shit all the time. Probably. I mean, they have no. constant murder no, no. Can you imagine Palpatine's just tied up? Someone's whipping him. No, someone's just whipping him and he's like, yes, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, God, you're giving me future Patreon ideas. Yes. He's just Sugar Daddy Palpatine. Yeah! <laughs> getting whipped by some, like, fucking Twi'lek or something like that. He's like, yes! Yes! <laughs> Unlimited domination! <laughs> I should put a warning that this is not safe for work podcast. Yeah, this is a bit of an NSFW episode. <laughs> that aside, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Force organizations that aren't the Sith or the Jedi. Like, uh, as you mentioned in the uh, Night Sisters, not Night Sisters episode, the Witches of Dothamir episode, you would be interested in learning all whatever Force organizations are out there, their different beliefs and so on and so forth. There is a surprising amount of Force-based organizations, both in canon and in Legends. There's a shit ton more in Legends, of course. Of course. But <laughs> I will be mentioning a couple of them in from uh, canon as well. Um, there are there are just so many of them. Uh, I Of course, I'm not going to be able to do all of them because I'm just cutting them down for time. But I will talk about the more interesting ones and the ones that are more relevant to this episode. Like, there are the Inquisitors that work for the Empire. They're basically dark Jedi that uh, work for the Sith and whatever. Those but, dudes in the red crimson hood Yeah, thing? yeah, with the uh, helicopter lightsabers. Oh, right. <laughs> Damn. They, they feel like fodder. Yeah, essentially. And then, of course, the, uh, the Knights of Ren... From uh, Rise of Skywalker. Well, I'll probably eventually talk about Ray and Kylo just decimated yeah. cities. <laughs> like, I will whoa. admit, uh, I did a little bit of research on the Knights of Ren, and they are actually pretty neat. The, the Rise of Skywalker did them dirty because they are really fucking interesting. What happened to the fights? I'm just asking, like, look, I'm not saying that like we i'm not saying that the uh old movies like the eight it was 90s or 80s was it, 80s? it was in the 80s. Uh, 80s yeah i'm not saying 80s star wars lightsaber fights were great because they weren't it was more about the story yeah the prequel ones were fucking amazing yeah the yeah. prequels had like great lightsaber fights what happened in the sequels <laughs> in the sequels the lightsaber fights like they're not horrible but the, they, they gave don't up. compare to the prequels well yeah, yeah well it's just like don't get me wrong. I don't like the prequel. I don't like a lot of, of the Star Wars movies. I'm only, I mainly like the cartoon. Yeah. But what happened to the fights? Uh, it's like it's like they progressed just to go back one step again. They took one step forward and two steps back. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. What <laughs> yeah. anyway, I um so in universe there are, so you know how in our real world we have a shit ton of religions here and there like Christianity. Uh, we talked Buddhism. about that during the religion episode. Yeah, yeah, like like God, yeah. This is more about the religious order instead of the gods that they worship, sort of thing. Well, um, it, yeah, it's like how do you, it's like how do you make sense of the world, re- religion, or like it's like how should we use the force, and you'll yeah. get different philosophies and ideologies from it. Yeah, it's like science, you know. It's like sometimes a science you'll get very progressive notions, and then other times you'll get human human experimentation. Yeah, and more malevolent stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, uh, if the Jedi is Okay, if the Jedi are like the... Okay, let me actually put this in a much more comprehensive sort of term. Um, so, in 
So there's the book of a Sith, and then there's the other books that follow it. Like, uh, there's the Jedi Code. It's a book that you could actually buy. Um, and I can't remember the exact wording, but basically in the the Jedi book, it basically mentions a couple of these organizations that practice the light side and all that. And basically their definition of those side factions is like, yeah, they exist, but we, we are the correct uh, philosophy of a light side. All of those are just Oh my god, it's just basically like Christians fighting yeah. with different sects of Christianity. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. Yeah, no, like, I am right. Or like a lot of religions, they're all like, yeah, Buddhism, their ideas on reincarnation and meditation, that's fine and all, but we are the correct religion. I don't I don't think Buddhists really fight each other, though. Buddhists don't really fight each other over, like, interpret... I, at least I haven't seen that. That's yeah. the main conflict I see in the real world between Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Yeah, yeah but with, like, Buddh- Buddhists don't really do that. Buddhists yeah. just kind of sit. They're just there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, we're chill, dude. Yeah. In, like, the real world, there's a lot of uh, conflict between different Force-sensitive organizations. Like, the Jedi, they don't really go out and, you know, actively kill those organizations. They're more like, yeah, they're there, um, but don't pay attention to them. The Sith, on the other hand, they'll just kill anybody that shares their philosophy on the dark side. And all no that. shit. Yeah. I will give Jedi credit as much as they devalue other force-based organizations. At least they don't go out and murder their ass or anything. Well, yeah. Well, unless it's a Sith. Well, the thing is, it's like, um, like if you believe that you're right, you believe that you're right. You're not going to, like, see the other person is right, but you're not going to kill them either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, let's get started with the very first force organization. I'm kind of going alphabetical order, but not at the same time because there are others that I want to save for last. But we're going to start with this one. The first organization are the Baron Doe. They are basically a force tradition native to the uh, planet of Dorne, which is the home world of uh, the Keldor, which is Plo Koon's race. What do they believe? Uh, so basically the Baron Doe, this religion was founded several thousand years before, the, before Dorne joined the Galactic Republic and all that. Practitioners of his order are called sages, and they act as advisors and seers to the leaders of the Keldor society. Like, basically, their whole shtick is that they could see the future, because on Dorne, it has a very volatile atmosphere, and, you know, the weather is very unpredictable. So they see the future, and they could predict, oh, there's going to be a hurricane on this side, we better evacuate Oh, isn't this, Hmm. like... This is an ability of one of, like, Dooku's old friends. Yeah, Disciple Diaz. Yeah, Yeah. he could predict the future and see visions and shit. Yeah, kind of like that, but if an entire Force-based organization surrounded Force-seeing. Are they, like, what do they believe? Uh, Let me get to that, but I'm just going to share a picture of the the, uh, Baron Two Sages in the chat. Okay. I... (laughs) <laughs> I hope I'm not fucking grossed out again like with that guy's No, no, they actually look pretty cool. Just imagine Plo Koon, but in more robes. Hmm. Oh, they just look they just look like Plo Koons with like with ro- yeah, they're just monks. Yeah. yeah. They're literally just monks. 
And, like, uh, the Baron do believe in centering themselves on finding inner peace and calm and growing closer to the Force by heeding it. Like, they literally open themselves to the calling of the Force. Oh, so they're trying to reach enlightenment. Yes. Oh, oh so they're basically um, just Buddhists. Okay. Yeah, essentially Buddhists. Um, let's see. The sages are always against rash action and spend a great deal meditating. Which, of course, to me, outsiders could be seen as apathy or reluctance to act to certain situations. But in reality, they are merely waiting for the precise and perfect moment to act as dedicated by the Force itself. Hmm. And the Baron Doe, there's a lot of different pronunciations. I've heard a lot of people call him Baron Do. I just call him Baron Doe because it's spelled D-O instead of D-O-E. Um, the Baron Doe... Why did I say that Baron Do? Um, the Baron Du aren't a militant faction. They don't build lightsabers like the Jedi. They don't practice a certain fighting well, yeah, style. Yeah, they're, they're, they're monks. They're, yeah. they're, basic, they're more pacifistic. Yeah, they're just But they monks. do have the option of learning, you know, self-defense and stuff like that. Um, one of their... Okay, before I get to that. Um, like I said, they have the option of learning martial arts with their most common melee weapon being a quarterstaff. Oh, so Shaolin. Yeah, like the Shaolin. Mm. And some of their unique force abilities is that they are they have the ability to summon strong whirlwinds. And they also are proficient in conjuring white force lightning. That's pretty cool. Wait, is it like is it like Plo Koo's lightning where it just Yeah, stands? it's it's a variant of electric judgment, which is basically the non-lethal version of force lightning. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And a fun fact about Plo Koon, he actually comes from a long line of Jedi Masters and Baron Du Sages. Oh, so, so wait. The so they can have kids. The yeah. sages can have kids. Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> usually, like, uh, well, usually Buddhist monks have like a abstinence or like a a like the uh, chastity vow. Yeah, a chastity vow. Yeah. Or something. I never. That's pretty cool that they actually don't have that. Yeah. And like even the killed uh, right around the time of when Keldor got accepted into the Republic uh, as a member race and whatever. And even though they had access to advanced technology such as weather stations, satellites, the Baron Du Sages still proved invaluable because the senses of the Baron Du Sages are much more accurate than modern instruments. Huh. Which is saying something in a society where, you know, you have a shit ton of technology. Okay, so I know they don't act without, like, the Force guiding them, but yeah. what if, like, you know, you're a Jedi, you walked into their domain... And there's going to be a travesty. You can you kind of know, but you can't predict it 100%. You go into their domain and you're like, hey, I can feel that there's going to be something bad going to happen in the future. Can you please tell me what it is? Would they say no? Or would they say yes? I would say yes. But again, um, their entire thing is waiting for the precise moment and opportunity to act upon that tragedy but what does that even mean though like the precise moment like like how would like they would just know when the force tells them that yeah it's the right time like i said they allow themselves to become one of the fours and the force gives them like a vision or something like that and it tells them hey don't pull out too early otherwise shit's gonna happen right okay we'll just uh Pay, be patient and pull out at the opportune time or something like that. All right. Um, originally, why, all... why aren't these guys the fucking leaders? <laughs> they seem like the best types of fucking, like the best types of Jedi <laughs> to fucking go to for like, should the, I think, I feel like the Jedi should have this type of fucking mentality when it comes well, to Well, let me get to that. 
Um, originally, all Force-sensitive children of Keldor would be sent off to learn about the Force under the Berendu Sages, but with the introduction of the Jedi Order, there are less Force-sensitive children that were sent to the Berendu since the Jedi essentially had a monopoly on Force-sensitive children. Yeah, and made child soldiers. Yeah. Asshole move. <laughs> and they, admittedly, the Jedi outright had better perspectives on the Force because the Berendu just focus on visions, nothing else. I mean, attack at the precise moment sort of thing. I feel like that, that would make sense because you can predict the future at all times. Yeah, but like I said before, the Jedi are kind of self-righteous assholes sometimes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Sometimes? Well, all okay. The <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement of the century. Um, so, since they didn't have a lot of Force-sensitive children to pass their teachings on to, the Baron Dew Sages basically were driven into relative obscurity since the Jedi were becoming more and more populous around the galaxy. However, this proved to be their saving grace, as during the advent of Order 66, they would be one of the few Force-sensitive organizations to avoid the wrath of the Empire. Oh my, uh, dude, wow. I, actually want, I actually want to play one of these guys yeah. now. They seem like cool as fuck. They yeah. are cool as fuck. And I really like Buddhism, and I like yeah. the notions of enlightenment. I already play a character like that, and I might switch to one of these. Yeah. But, yeah <laughs> the Keldor are a very cool race. I mean, they do hold... They're like that race that are lawful good to a T. Do they? They don't like... They, they allow anyone to become a sage, though, right? No matter what the, where they come from. I'm not sure if it's exclusive to the Keldor, but just, they have taught their Force techniques to non-Keldor, so I assume so. Yeah, well, I don't think it Makes would look... Makes sense. Well, because, like, it's not... Like, the Force belongs to not only one species. Yeah. It probably belongs to the entirety of the universe. So why would they even discriminate against it? Yeah. You know? I don't see the Keldor as discriminate. They probably teach, you know, their... Uh, yeah, because there's like knowledge to others. Yeah, because there's like white Buddhist monks, African American yeah. Buddhist monks in Nepal. Not many, but there's still some. Yeah, but I would imagine if you went to Keldor, because you know it's got a volatile atmosphere and a special gas that only the Keldor breathe in, that wouldn't exactly be the best place to go to permanently. You just you just breathe in the toxic air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reaching that alignment, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and like. Over time, the Baron Doe slowly rebuild their numbers, and once they heard about Luke Skywalker's new Jedi Order, they reached out to them, hoping for future cooperation, hoping to share knowledge and students between Why both organizations. Why would he reject? There's no reason to... There's no reason to deny that. Yeah. I will admit, Jedi, uh, Luke Skywalker's Jedi Order in Legends is way better than canon Luke Skywalker's Jedi Order. Yeah, of course! Because <laughs> canon Luke Skywalker's Order almost killed his fucking... Oh my god. <laughs> fucking so bipolar. Father. I believe in... <laughs> no, no. I'm gonna act this out. Father, I... I, I'll, I'll get you back. I can save you. You might have killed children, blown up planets, and, uh, <laughs> and you know... Murdered my mom by complete accident. Not murdered, but yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you also cut off my arm, but I still believe there's good inside you. It's like, no, Luke. You must abandon me. Oh, my, I'm sorry, my son. And then it's like, it's like fucking, it's like, hey, hey, Uncle Luke. I, 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 I'm a bit edgy. I, I, I like fucking uh, Spencer's shirts. <laughs> and, and I like to, and I like to touch my ween sometimes because I'm, I'm a fucking horny teenager. And you like, die. Die. <laughs> no! 
Yes, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on to the next cool one. We have the Black Guard. I know, fucking edgy, but these guys are pretty neat, though. Let me actually... Uh, Dark side? Yes, they are. They're like the helmeted guy that I showed you last night. Oh. With a red lightsaber and shit. Let me actually share that again. Because these guys are really fucking interesting. Um, so the Black Guard are a group of dark side force users that reside on the lava world of Mustafar. So there are force users on Mustafar. Yes. And they <laughs> I'm were guessing a... this was Legends. Yes, this is Legends. I think they did a passing mention of a Black Guard in canon. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think they are name dropped in canon, I think. Um... They were founded by Volta Diont, a former member of the Brotherhood of Darkness, which is the faction that Darth Bane extincted into oblivion. Um, unlike other Force-using groups, they build and use lightsabers and are specialized in special types such as the Saber Staff and the Crossguard lightsaber. Huh, so that's where Kylo Ren got his <laughs> And Darth Maul. Yeah. Yes, Crossguard is Legends 2, not canon. It's exclusive. Um... The Black Guard believe in increasing one knowledge of the Force by understanding the philosophies and abilities of other Force traditions across the galaxy. Okay, that's pretty based. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Based, based. They're a, basically a bunch of scholars that just wander the galaxy and discovering other Force traditions. And okay, all that based. And learning from them. Based, based. Like, could you imagine a one of these Black Guard dudes, you know, they're very creepy looking masks and black robes and whatever go up to the Jedi Order and they're like hey we want to learn more about the Jedi and everybody's like the fuck well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> now where's the cringe where's where's the cringe what do they do they they where, where, where comes the the killing of children and the maiming of innocence because they're surprisingly dark side. there's not that much then why are they dark side they just well like, they were founded by a member of the Sith Oh, but it's and like, it, it's also the implication that they're gathering all of his knowledge for some underlying malevolent purpose. Oh, so it may not be pure in intentions, but that's just me spitballing. Have they not? Huh. Have they not ever finished why they're collecting all of these abilities? Probably not. Um, is it Legends canon? Legends, Legends. Oh, so um, they're never gonna finish why they're doing the things that they're doing. I mean, uh, most I, legend content will probably never get solved. Yeah. Um, where was I? Okay. Um, they believe that there is no light or dark side of the force, only that the former and the latter dwelled within the user and sought to bring balance to the light and the dark within themselves. So they're just gray Jedi. Essentially, but, I mean, they have black robes and they use red lightsabers, so, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. They have five ranks within their order which is very similar to the Jedi Order. Like, they have the Minion, which is basically their version of Jedi Younglings, uh, the Elite Minion, Jedi Padawans, uh, the Wilder, which is a Knight, the Elite Wilder, Jedi Master, and the Kursk, which is the Grand Master. Hmm. Um, they also have other specialized ranks, such as the Marauders, who are the main guys that wander the galaxy and gathering all of this knowledge and whatever. Uh, the Trinity Assassins are responsible for eliminating enemies of the Black Guard and guard force relics on Mostafar. Like, I think, uh, at the top of my head, they own a couple of Sith Holocrons, which are very valuable to the Sith, and they're just guarding them to make sure that, nope, it doesn't fall into the right hands. Huh. Wrong hands, sorry. Interesting. Yeah. 
The Ravagers are the ones that protect the Order's headquarters on Mostafar. They are skilled in force abilities that involve military strategies such as mind tricks, battle meditation, and lightsaber combat, and are one of the few force-sensitive organizations out of the Jedi that could create holocrons. Hmm, cool. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so I'm just... Dude, I'm just... <laughs> I'm, all I'm imagining is these guys... Like, imagine, like, houses, and this house is labeled Jedi Temple or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then this dark judge just knocks on the door, and it's like, trick or treat, I'd like some uh, Jedi technique. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the Black... I'm... You would assume, just by their appearance, that the Black Guard are evil dark side users. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but... You, you guys kind of... It's like, if you want to learn shit, you guys gotta kind of look more appealing. You, you look kind of too... You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, never judge a book by its cover. Well, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna judge. Red lightsaber wearing all black and intimidating as fuck. I'm not gonna fucking judge. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I, I think I remember at the top of my head that uh, the black guard are still around during the time of the empire, but Palpatine like sent another undercover agent to uh, keep tabs on them. Basically, but, Isaac, like imagine a hippie just walked up to you, and let's say he's really smart with science. Yeah. Let's say that he's like also a scientist himself. I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. <laughs> and, and let's say he's he like the biggest chat. Just made me think of a, the uh, the meme, the, it's the Harry meme. Osborne meme. And, yeah. and let's say you're like the biggest chattest scientist, right? Yeah. And imagine if a hippie just walked up to you and it's like, "Yo, bro, teach me quantum, <laughs> teach me quantum nuclear physics." You'd be yeah. like, "What the fuck is this hippie gonna do with nuclear physics?" <laughs> no, you'd be like, "No." But if another scientist rolled up to you, you'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, sure." Yeah. And then we got the uh, next force based organization. I think this one is really cool. The Blazing Chain. They are an organization of nomadic force sensitive that roam the unknown regions of space. They are raiders that continuously find new settlements to plunder and they paint fury chains on their ships to strike fear in their targets. So they're the Mongols. Mm, essentially, I I imagine them more like space pirates that could use the force. Well, like Mongols like Mongols just pillaged and raided and took over and just wanted they were sort of mercenary like too. Yeah. Um originally they were a band of pirates that were founded during the time of the Old Republic and they had only the most rudimentary uh outlook on the force um within their ranks. <laughs> that was until they conquered not conquered encountered Sith ships fleeing into the unknown regions following the Great Sith War. And while the meetings between both parties ended in bloodshed, most of the weaker Sith joined the pirate gang. Force go boom. Force go boom. <laughs> Force go boom. Still shiny. Get money. The number of Force users within the Blazing Chain arose significantly, with 90% of the Blazing Chain being Force-sensitive and have gained enough numbers to operate several autonomous fleets within the Unknown Region. Holy shit, do they still exist? Yeah, they still exist. So wait, the Jedi just have to deal with, like, these force-sensitive pirates that pillage and raid and just take your resource. God damn, how the fuck do you do anything in this universe? <laughs> I know, right? I just picture them like the uh, the uh, Quarians from Mass Effect. Who? Okay, so you remember Talia? Yeah. She's a Quarian. Okay, so the Quarians have, are exiled from their home world, and they stay around in their own flotilla of ships. And that's essentially their home world because they have nowhere else to go. So they just scour, scour the galaxy. Oh, that's mm. cool. It's kind of the same thing with the uh, Blazing Chain. Um, let's see, where was I? Um, 
So, hey, they have enough members to operate their own fleets. I mean, it's sure as shit not as big as anything the Republic or the Empire has, but still pretty formidable. And, like, they have their own different fleets throughout the Unknown Regions. Each of them are led by a uh, Atacap, which is basically their version of a captain or whatever, maybe an admiral. Sorry. Uh, the cat is being a cat. The cat is being a cat. Um, let's see. <laughs> the Blazing Chain don't adhere to a particular side of the Force. They kind of just see it as a tool, as a means to an end. Like, okay, Force Lightning, that's useful. We could use that shit. Um, I mean, they're pirates, so it makes sense. Well, yeah, they're just there to plunder and raid and get money. Yeah. They do whatever is needed to make their raids even, even easier. They want money. Yeah, they want the money. Yeah. <laughs> well... Many members do fall to the dark side. It isn't seen as a huge problem to their organization unless they start start posing a threat to the well-being of the fleet. Hmm. So like if one of their members decided to go power hungry and decided to blow up a star that's nearby or whatever, they're like, no, 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 we, you can't do that. We gotta kill your ass. Dude, you're gonna try to kill the guy that just blew up a fucking star. <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> so they're not entirely... Uh, dark side users they only see that as a means to an end i'm just saying man it's like oh you blew up a star we're gonna kill you Good well luck. obviously they Good wouldn't luck. obviously they wouldn't blow up a star that's just an example um whatever okay that's a cool one then we have the disciples of twilight they are a force sensitive faction based on the outer rim world moon of dispiff team edward baby <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which has been colonized by humans seeking to break away from the Republic at around 900, 900 years before the Battle of Yavin. Which is like a hundred years before the founding of the Dothamirian Witches, by the way. Um, the Disciples were founded by a mysterious female figure called Twilight, who was rumored to be a former Jedi Knight. Named after the series, and she is <laughs> King Jacob, so we do not talk about her. <laughs> And she created them as protectors and defenders of Dustbiff's citizens, despite the group holding no political or military influence. So they're essentially like a vigilante group. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the planet has been rediscovered 500 years later by, by Republic surveyors, and due to being reintroduced to the wider galaxy, the Disciples of Twilight spread out into neighboring star systems. So they're like, ooh, more, more places of Gotham that I could roam. <laughs> Um, I'll actually show you a couple of pictures. Uh, there are very little official images of these Force-based organizations, but this is the only image that I have for the Disciples of the Twilight. It's just a robed figure in shadow. God damn. Oh my god, <laughs> this robed figure even sparkles. Of course she's <laughs> Team Edward. She's a secret Team Edward, bro. Christ, man. Huh. Um, yeah. So, where was I? Okay. The Disciples were adept, so to give you perspective, Dicepith is basically, imagine it like Gotham if it was always night. That's basically very Gotham is always night. What are you talking about? Yeah. Have you ever seen Batman during the fucking day? Yeah. The fair point, kid. You know how fucking awkward that'd be? I'm Batman. But during, I can see you. But during the fucking day. <laughs> Anyway, so their homeworld, Despeth, is always covered in darkness, and 
They believed in shadowy justice. Um, seeking to protect the weak from the cruelty of the strong from within the shadows. Oh, so they're basically like Robin Hood justice. Yes. Figures. Okay, so yeah. they just want to protect the weak. Okay. Yeah. Each member of a Twilight are extremely skilled in using the Force to bend light, and among their most unique Force abilities were the Cloak of Shadow and Shadow Armor, which are essentially... Which essentially allow the user to become invisible. Wait, so they're like a rebellious faction that yes. are like against like corruption or some shit. Yes. So they're like Robin Hood, okay. Yeah. Um, they also allow, they also gain low light vision, which allows them to locate enemies that are otherwise concealed. Damn, dude, I want to meet these factions. Yeah. In the fucking <laughs> yeah. campaign. I want to see this. I want to see this fucking faction. Yeah. Economy wants to see this faction so fucking bad, bro. And they could <laughs> utilize the force to create illusionary phantoms around an enemy to confuse them. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I want to learn these techniques. Sounds <laughs> dope as fuck. See, a lot of these are pretty Why fucking is this legends. A lot of these appear in a lot of uh, RPG books, by the way. Bro, I, Sounds cool. dude, yeah. I play a Star Wars game where you're playing as like a stealth rebellious faction against the, the disciple of a shadow. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, would that be fucking awesome. cool as hell. <laughs> the uh, Baron Du Sages, that's your new favorite, and the disciples of the Twilight are your new favorite as well. Dude, I thought that like they just they do kind of like remind me of those vampires from what was that Vampire the Masquerade looking ass people. Mm. <laughs> Which, uh, that's kind of cringe, but that's just the... the <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the Blackguard are pretty interesting. They're basically never judge a book by its cover. The Blackguard wear... Like, okay, I'm gonna judge a book for every cover. You look like a fucking... <laughs> wear something else. Put a pony on your fucking <laughs> shirt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we'll move on to another Force-based organization that's in canon. Uh, you remember that blind character from Rogue One? The... The guy yeah. with the staff. The guy played by Donnie Yen? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a member of the Guardian of the Wills, otherwise known as the Guardians of the Kyber, Kyber Temple. They are a religious order formally active on Jeddah. It's basically like the planet equivalent to, uh, fuck, uh, what's that religious site that, it's like the holiest city. Scientology? No! <laughs> Jerusalem? Jerusalem! There we go. It's basically a pl an entire planet of Jerusalem. It's basically a planet where all these all these religious orders go and, uh, you know, do their blessings and all that sort of stuff. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, okay, so... Okay. And the Guardians of the Wills are basically the protectors of all these pilgrims that come to the Temple of a Kyber Crystal to give their offerings and they're just there to stand by to make sure nobody's causing trouble. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why anyone would cause trouble. Yeah. And uh, there's very lore on them. Very low. I cannot Very little, little lore. lore. Thank you. I cannot speak today for some reason. Um, as part of their spir spiritual progression, a guardian would, who would traditionally would contribute let me try again. Think about that for a minute. A guardian would traditionally construct a light bulb, which is essentially a variant of a bow caster that the Wookiees use, and craft itself, and the crafting itself required that the guardian gain the necessary skills to combine hard, uh, handcrafted artistry with technology. So that's basically like uh, their version of constructing the lightsaber for the Jedi. Hmm. They make their own uh, 
flight bows and shit. Oh, so it's just a bow rather than a lightsaber? Yes. That sounds really cool, though. Now, not all of them are Force-sensitive. I mean, maybe to a minor degree, since that... I, I'm just going to call him the blind guy. Uh, can see just well, because even though he's blind, he just allows the Force to guide his actions. Um, but they all believe in the Force very significantly. Um... Their beliefs include preaching about the Force, preferring to sense the Force and its presence, and believing that both the light and the dark side are valuable. Noting that the light, for the light to exist, there must be dark, and through the Force, there must be balance. So Taoism. Yeah. And, unfortunately, that is it for the Guardians of the Wills, I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay, see you later, blind man. <laughs> Like I said, a lot of these have very little lore on them, but a lot of them are pretty interesting in their beliefs. The Guardians of the Wills are a nice welcome addition to canon, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Um, the band. Then we have the Bandogora. They are a dark side criminal syndicate that are based on Kamalia, which is one of the moons of Bogdan. Oh, so they're like a mob mob gang or something? Not exactly a mob gang, more like a... Actually, let me show you a picture of one of their uh, captains. Um, where is he? There he is. He's just wearing this gigantic small skull-like mask. It's really fucking terrifying. What the hell? <laughs> that is pretty freaky. Looks yeah. like some Skyrim ass shit. I was gonna yeah. say, it looks like something from Skyrim. I imagine them like the Brotherhood of... No, 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 no. What's that assassin order from Skyrim? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. The brother. Whatever, it's escaping my mind right now. So, yeah, Lopez is right above you guys. Um, anyway. So, like, the Bandogora, they're... So, if I remember at the top of my head, this this uh, moon of Bogdan called Kamala, it's essentially a place... There, It's like a massive grave site, because there's, like, an ancient war that happened a long, long time ago, and the warlords just dumped the bodies of all the people that they have killed over the years on this moon. Eh, nobody will care. We'll just dump it over here. And due to all of that death and suffering, the moon itself is... I wouldn't say it's like a force nexus, but it's strong, extremely strong of a dark side of a force. No fucking shit. Yeah. Because there's so many dead people in it. Yes. They are known for creating mind-altering neurotoxins, which were developed to suppress individuality and free will. Which were put into numerous drugs across the galaxy in the hopes of creating an entire army of slaves and assassins to use at a whim against any of their enemies. What the fuck? Damn! <laughs> what the fuck? Holy shit! Yeah. What the fuck did? That... What, I'm gonna just set this shit up. Could you imagine they set this shit up in some random spot and yeah. you just build a road over it and then you're just walking one day, you set it off and then you're like, "Yes, master." I'm master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And then at some point, the Banogora, I would imagine the Banogora weren't exactly the type of people that want to conquer the galaxy in, at some point of their, in their uh, lifetime. But at some point, the Banogora were led by Kamara Vosa, who was the fallen apprentice of Count Dooku. The fallen oh. apprentice of Count Dooku? One of his Jedi I apprentices. Didn't, I didn't know Dooku. he had another apprentice. Yeah. How many apprentices does Dooku have? Well, he has Kamari Vosa, um, which was his current Padawan before. Well, okay, after Qui-Gon. Um, then we have Asajj Ventress. Technically, General Grievous as well. 
and Cl- and then Gligon. So he had four. Yes. Who is that guy from the book that had a green lightsaber? I think that was Qui Gon. No, other dude. I have no idea. Blackish beard. <laughs> I assume it's a canon, a canon book. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, Kamari Vosa fell to the dark <laughs> side. Um, and. Uh, with her under her leadership, the Bandled Gora basically spread their influence across the galaxy, working with other crime syndicates to spread all these uh, mind-altering drugs within everyday products like death sticks and all that fun stuff. Oh my god, they're the literal <laughs> conspiracy theorist fucking faction. Yeah, <laughs> like you can people make conspiracy theories about this shit. Yeah, and they're. And this was enough to make the Bandogora as a faction an icon of terror and intrigue amongst the criminal underworld. Well, no shit, they're literally yeah. terrorizing the entirety of like yep. the galaxy. And they became such a threat that Darth Sidious deemed them to be dangerous for his future plans to take over the galaxy. And he basically had Count Dooku try to, you know, get rid of them. Uh, dude, when How did death, that go? When when death sticks and drugs almost overthrew the fucking empire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was actually a nice little kill two birds with one stone because uh, Count Dooku was looking for the uh, prime clone, the prime original subject for the clone army. So he basically did a kill two birds with one stone. He would send out a bounty on Kamari Vosa to all the best mercenaries in the galaxy. And one of them was Jango Fett. Who, who basically there's an entire game that surrounds this called Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Um, so basically after going through several criminal organizations, uh, Jango Fett found Kamari Vosa, killed her ass, and became the uh, prime clone for the clone army. Huh. And with that, the Bandalgora's reign of terror ended once and for Wait, all. Wait, so Jango Fett killed Dooku's apprentice? Yes. Oh my god, I want to see that fight. Yeah. That um, would that must have been cool. Fun fact. Uh, come on, you remember the uh, the uh, lightsabers that Asajj Ventress uses? Yeah. yeah. They were from Kamari Vosa. Oh, dude! Legacy's <laughs> oh, shit! Legacy, nice! Yeah. <laughs> Is she Legends? Yes, she's Legends. God fucking damn it! <laughs> Why can't she be canon? What does she look like? Does she look fucking hot? Uh, I Is mean, her, uh, her, uh... We need more badass female characters in Star Wars. Amari not Rey! Vosa. Give me a second. Give me a second. Um, I mean, her dark, corrupted self kind of looks very demented, but if you're into that kind of thing, I suppose she's hot. Um... Let me just share a picture with you guys. It's time, boys. Let's see what she looks like. Ah, God damn it. Drum roll. Hopefully she's hey. one of boys. Oh, baby. Let's go. Come on. Come on. I'm waiting. Okay. I'm waiting. Okay. Let me just do a countdown. One, two, three, four, five. Let's go. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, eh. she looks fine. She... That's not exactly a great image. Let me actually. That's uh, a very low quality image. It's like what? I mean, the she doesn't fuck? look bad. She has a pretty face. Hang on, hang on. I think I have a uh, she has better. Like pure blood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she does. It's probably because of the lighting. Uh, let me actually try getting you a better picture of her. This is probably going to take us a while. Oh yeah, I found her uh, picture when she was a uh, Jedi Knight. So let me send that one over. 
Excuse me. <laughs> All right. I'll... Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here's a better picture of her in her dark side form. Okay, let's see. Let's put up. Yeah. She's oh, this, fairly hot. This is her? Yeah. Huh. I've seen this image before of her. Yeah. In the Jedi. Thing. Why does she look like Sindel? She looks like she raided Sindel's <laughs> oh, yeah, closet. She, if you give her a long ass ponytail, yeah, she kind of looks like a Star Wars version. Damn, Sindel. dude. She hot. <laughs> she hot. She, she hot. She hot. <laughs> she can step on me. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, that's going to be a future Patreon uh, piece. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on step from. Step on the... me, Sindel. It's awesome. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Alright, let's move on. We need to on. do a script reading. We need to have someone commission somebody for a script and put that on the Patreon. <laughs> okay. Um, so the next Force Brace organization are the Ember of the Veil. They sound were, like a Dark Souls faction. Yeah. That sounds like something fantasy related. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, they are a cult that worship the goddess Veil, who is seen as the embodiment of the dark side of the Force. Hmm. Oh, okay, so they're they're god, they're like a doom cult. <laughs> Essentially a doom cult, but uh, I'll send you a picture of these guys as well. I think, yeah, you're gonna re- recognize these people from uh, last night, Hannah. BDSM armor, BDSM armor, BDSM armor. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wait, they they look basic as fuck. They don't look very. They look they're, just. They just look like peasants. Yeah. Interesting. Now, um, while they are made up. So, by the way, they're made up of a near-human race called uh, the Valia, which I'm very annoyed that it's a near-human race. You might as well call them humans. humans? Yeah. I was going to um, say, if, the, if, like, if you give them point ears, they would make <laughs> me look a little better. If they look like elves, it would look a little bit better. Yeah, a little bit. Um, they would occasionally accept force sensitives of other species who prove their faith to their goddess. So they're very inclusive if you show your faith in their goddess. Hmm. Okay, so what what do they want? Do they want to destroy the worlds, or what do they want? It's kind of unknown, but their backstory is really fucking tragic. Back in the days of the Old Republic, the code was destroyed by the Jedi Order due to their affinity for the dark side, and the survivors would travel the galaxy, seeking their lost homeworld. Oh, so and they're wor- genocided. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And working on the side as pirates, thieves, and bounty hunters. Yeah, so so okay, so the Jedi basically just did a genocide on people, and then they became criminals, and the underground society caused more issues. Wow, that's pretty fucked. Also, mm-hmm. this is kind of a uh, poetic justice. Well, I mean, like, wait, well. the dark side, as in, were they like trying to hurt other people with the dark side, or were they just learning about it? I think it's more about learning about it. It doesn't say anything about you know sacrificing virgins or whatever, but I assume it's more learning about it than anything. Okay. Anyway, um, let's see. Due to the advent of Order 66, the Embers remained hateful and spiteful towards the Jedi and would work alongside the Empire to hunt them down. Though even then, the Embers continued to exist with small numbers of individuals still working as mercenaries, continuing to search for their purpose in life. Hmm. Oh, so they're 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 fucking existentialists. Yeah. It's really fucking tragic. A lot of these are really tragic. Don't practice dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. The next one, this is one of my personal favorites. Um, the Sayugi Dervish. They are a force-sensitive order of assassins that originated from the sulfuric planet of Rosopia, located in the core world region of space. 
The Dervish use their abilities in the Force to enhance their abilities in unarmed combat and locate their targets. So they're basically a band of mercenaries. Huh. Um, they sell, as I mentioned that already, they sell themselves out as hired killers and have terrorized the core region of space for several centuries with their exploits. Um, if you look at this image that I'm going to send you guys right now, um, they basically wear red cloaks with these intimidating-looking masks to put inspire fear into their enemies. Oh, that's what you showed me. Yes. Hmm. Huh. What the hell? What is this weird mask? <laughs> Damn, dude. They don't look like the Star Wars characters. No, they don't. They look, yeah. look like steampunk almost. Almost. Just a More like bit. dystopian. It's weird. Yeah. The Sayugi Dervish viewed the Force as a way to master their own bodies and hone it as a weapon. Uh, while they are considered a dark side faction and have used the Force to commit evil acts, they aren't they don't necessarily use the dark side to gain power and are more motivated by personal gain and avarice. Huh. So they're more like dark Jedi than they are Sith. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. They, yeah. They also learned that patience is a powerful tool and they were trained to hide their emotions, seeing it as undesirable for their clients. Just like the Jedi. Yeah. For recruiting the Sayugi Dervish, they would kidnap children that showed potential Just for like sensitivity. Where <laughs> <laughs> the initiate would train for 15 years of their life to the point they become fanatical followers of the Sayugi Dervish traditions, just like the Jedi. Oh yes, my god! Yeah, similarities. Holy uh, shit! Yeah. And these initiates, when they are fully trained, they are sent on their first mission with a master men monitoring their progress from afar. Um, should like, the, good fucking luck. Yeah. If you die, you die. Should the apprentice fail, the master will remove any traces of the incident. But should the dervish succeed in their mission, they are free to explore the galaxy. Holy shit. Yeah. Let's see. Um, okay. So while they are free to explore the galaxy and do whatever fuck ever, um, they would still have to answer calls for, you know, um, client jobs and all that, either through a, a uh, encrypted channel via their communes or whatever, or through the force itself. Huh. Yeah. Also, this is off topic from the topic at hand yeah. right now, but where do humans in the Star Wars universe stem? Is their home planet Earth still or no? I know uh, Earth doesn't technically exist in Star yeah. Wars, but like I like to think that Earth was just an existent planet long, way, way long <laughs> ago, and Star Wars is just in the super future or some shit. I think I've seen that kind of theory before. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some quote-unquote canon uh, origins of the human race, but in Legends, it's kind of strewn all over the place. Um... I would have to uh, go more into that when we eventually talk about the human race. Oh. <laughs> but I think the closest that we have to Earth, the you know, the origins of humanity, would be Coruscant. Oh. Huh. It's just a normal-ass planet back in the past before it turned into a city-wide planet. Didn't it get destroyed? No. Oh. It's still around in uh, Legends and Canon. It was a different planet that Star Killer killed in that uh, movie. Oh. Yeah, it just looked like Coruscant. It's not Coruscant. <laughs> um. Anyway, 
All Sayugi Dervish are masters of unarmed combat and are capable of sneaking into the most heavily armed of fortresses, killing their targets discreetly and with incredible speed and precision. So they're basically force-sensitive Asian 47s. Oh That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh my! Oh, it's so cool! It's too cool, bro! Where the fuck are these factions? The fucking movies? Where the fuck am I? I can't see. I'm gonna focus on fruit ray and rose and fish. Like no! Where are these factions? <laughs> it's like imagine Agent Forty Seven as. Force sensitive. Holy yeah. shit! Oh, ah, yeah. such a cool concept. Could you imagine like an Asian forty seven Hitman forty seven game and Star Wars concept? Holy <laughs> shit, that would be awesome. That would be fucking awesome. Uh, and anybody who survived an assassination attempt, as unlikely of a chance as that might be, by the way, um, they would describe their movement as a beautiful dance of death. Hmm. Dervish rarely carry weapons or any type of equipment unless they the Simon called for it. So they just use good old fisticuffs to kill you. Huh. So yeah, if you see that image right there, he's carrying a sniper rifle, which is very not lore accurate to the Sayugi Dervish. No, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't look like it. <laughs> um and as I mentioned before, they wear red clothing and white masks, not as a ways of concealing themselves, but to capitalize the fear that such outfits caused. Damn. Hmm. Each dervish have studied the, ana the anatomies of several races across the galaxy, ensuring that they know exactly where to cause the most destruction to a target. <laughs> oh my god! So like, before we go out on a job, okay, let me research the anatomy of a Wookiee. Okay, if I hit them in the shoulder right here, that would put them into a concussion. If I hit them right there, that would kill them. Okay, let's go. Damn. They are literally Agent 47s. That's they, pretty cool. Wait, are they just... Hit, so they're like Hitman for hire? Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, usually they work alone, but it is not uncommon for Dervish to work alongside others. And occasionally if a task proves too much for them to handle alone, they hire out mercenaries to help them out with other tasks like uh, explosives or hacking a computer terminal, stuff ah. like that. Dude, I want to well, see... Dude... Make, dude, make that into a fucking encounter, Isaac. <laughs> I want to fight that guy. That yeah. would be could fucking you, could, cool. No, could you imagine? Okay, uh, for uh, context uh, audience, we have a D and D campaign. Yeah. Could you imagine Jake just like walking, and then he has like silent, like it's like you get shot. It's like yeah. I should have noticed. No, the pistol silenced. Yeah. Oh, it's silent. It's like a stealth versus. <laughs> no, Jake versus an Agent Forty Seven. Like, just like. <laughs> Holy bam, bam, shit, bam. that would be cool. That's yeah. such a cool concept. We need yeah. to do that. We're just yeah. getting hunted. That'd be so cool. It would be very cool. Um, both given their secretive reputation, after an assignment is done, the dervish would murder those mercenaries. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, leave no trace. It's like, whew, this assignment has been finished. Can I get my pay? Wait. Sure. The only payment I could give you is death. So wait, they're, they're basically hitman for hire, right? Yes. Why wouldn't you just hire a bounty hunter at that is, is it because they're like they're more expensive yeah versions? so they're like okay so bounty hunters are cheap i'm guessing the dervish are just highly 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 yeah, yeah. like agent 47 yeah. <laughs> so they're like cia like ex-cia operative essentially yeah. yeah okay. essentially holy fuck um, however again canon why um unfortunately the reign of terror of a sayugi dervish would have would you know attract me certain people called the uh, Jedi? Oh, they got wiped. Oh, oh they fuck. got wiped. They got wiped out. Yeah. So, um, 
The Jedi would force the remaining members of a mercenary faction to go into hiding via Carbonite, and by the time of the Clone Wars, the Sayugi Dervish were considered extinct. Oh, but they were simply biding their time, awaiting to return and terrorize the galaxy once more. When will they return? Unknown. They're probably out and about. Oh, so we can't even, uh, we can't, we'll never see this in the campaign. Probably never. I think there are some stories here and there that say that the Sayugi Dervish have, you know, gotten out of their car- carbonite sleeping and are just going about the galaxy and accepting jobs here and there, but we don't really know. No. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're at this point. I think you will especially love this one, kid. Really? I think you will. Um... Next, we have the Shapers of Crovar. They are an order of Force users indigenous to the planet of, well, Crovar. Uh-huh. Um, they were founded in 1,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, when a damaged cruiser, fleeing from the aftermath of the new Civ Wars, crash-landed on the world, and its survivors eked out an existence on this hun- inhospitable world. Okay. Um... Eventually, over several generations, the population split up into numerous clans and underwent technological regression as infighting amongst the clans began. Force users of each individual clans became protectors and leaders and were called shapers, for they occupied the roles of battle shamans within their clans. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm. It gets even cooler, kid. Uh, the Shapers found that they could utilize the Force to harness the elemental powers of nature, such as Earth, Air, Water, and Fire. Oh, Avatar shit. Oh! Yeah. That's really cool! Yeah. They are literally... <laughs> they're, la- they're avatars. Yeah, they are literally <laughs> avatars. Each Shaper would specialize in a particular element, but Master Shapers would wield many or all of them. That's pretty cool. They, they are the fucking avatars. Yeah. They're just benders. Yeah. Shapers tend to take the philosophy involved with their element of study and apply it to the battlefield, such as, for example, a shaper of the air was expected to be mobile in combat. Um, some of their more unique abilities include beckling stone, creating walls of wind, and generating spouts of flames. Oh, damn. Their manifestations of a force always depended on their areas of study, but were also influenced by their location. For example, the shapers native to the Olgoth Valley are more apt for using fire given the presence of lava flows there. Hmm. Shapers are considered superstitious people and have a huge distrust of force users that use invisible manifestations of force, such as mind trick or telekinesis. Okay. Because... Because their way is more physical, like using air and water, fire, and all of that. All this invisible shit, that's that's weird as fuck to them. <laughs> um, and eventually, the Republic and the Jedi Order made contact with the Shapers of Krovar. And despite the initial hostilities between both parties and the fact that the Shapers had roots within the dark side of the Force... They eventually were able to make peaceful relations and thus allowed the Shapers to travel off-world and explore the galaxy. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I'm shocked Jedi don't have, like, elemental abilities. They probably see that as a... (sighs) What's a good term I could... (laughs) They see it more like, uh, you know how they're self-righteous assholes and consider their interpretation of the Force as... They see it as below them. Yeah. And they see of this, I mean, they probably do. There is such a thing as, I forget what it's called, but it's basically a force ability where you can manipulate plans. Kind of like, 
basically becoming poison ivy. Hmm. But I'm not sure if they do it to the same extent of a shape as the shapers, but I'm going to send you guys a picture of the shapers. These guys are really cool. Oh my god, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> I saw a little bit of it. There that's we go. so cool. And that is really see, cool. He's he's curb stomping a bunch of B1 battle droids. And doing hip hop moves. <laughs> that's really cool. Damn, yeah. dude, this fucker, this motherfucker. Oh, and he has the drip. He has the fucking <laughs> He's got the drip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of these factions are really fucking awesome. What the fuck? Like, what? I, I'm so sick of just seeing Sith. Jedi! Mm-hmm. Can we see any Jedi! <laughs> I don't want to see I don't want to see those anymore. Can we see these guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Okay, now we're going to a lot of these have been dark side original factions, so let me go on to the other side of the coin for a little bit. Um next we have the Fallen Aussie, otherwise known as the Adepts of the White Current. In our religious order, they're an all-female force-based organization, like the Dothamirian witches. Hey. Okay. Um, and they basically call the force the white current. And their inter which is basically their view on the force, like, oh, that's the white current. No, that's the force. BDSM. BDSM. <laughs> NSFW. NSFW. And, you know, being an all-female faction, they rarely share their knowledge with men. I don't mind. <laughs> I will I will cross dress. I will I will I will, will cross dress. Their philosophy they their philosophy is that authority is an illusion and that everyone should serve only their own desires. Hey! hey. Oh, so like, well like sort of. I like yeah. this. Yeah. With their teachings of a white current, the Falanasi could do amazing things with illusions and their unique force ability, which is called force immersion which allows the user to immerse themselves in the white current, essentially rendering themselves undetectable by any means, organic or artificial. Holy fuck! So so wait, wait, I want to make a character like that. Yeah. So wait, wait, what do they want? They just believe that, uh, like, they just believe authority is stupid? Yeah, authority is stupid. I fucking love crazy. that! <laughs> and they just do whatever they want? Yeah. Even if it goes against, like, their own, okay. Yeah. Um, I love that! That sounds so cool! Though only careful scrutiny could pierce the immersion technique, and unless the you know the user allows themselves to be seen. Huh. So Damn. the only way you would find a fallen Aussie is if they allowed you to find them. Oh, that's cool though. Yeah. I'll share you a picture. He's be hot. He's be hot. He's <laughs> oh, those are the druid looking yeah, ones. The druid ones. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right i would join that of course organization that sounds really good anything I'm there with you, sister it's like kid you're not you're not a female i am now, <laughs> I am now. I am now. <laughs> all right now we're gonna go to another interesting one that i find extremely interesting uh so are you guys familiar with a gand oh okay i don't know uh have any of you ever watched empire strikes back uh, i think we've all seen it possibly okay so you know on the bridge where darth vader is talking to all the bounty hunters like boz boba fett and so forth mm-hmm. there's like this bug-eyed looking fucker uh-huh well that um that's a gand oh okay. and they're like a uh 
another insectoid race that they wear gas masks and shit, kind of like the Kildor. Mm. Um, and they have their own unique force tradition called the Finesmen. They are a religious tradition of the Gan species, and the Finesmen are famous for their uncanny tracking abilities, which, which made them legendary figures within Gan society, and even have prestige within the wider galaxy, as many Finesmen take up jobs as bounty hunters, assassins, security advisors, bodyguards, and even investigators. Hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're kind of like, uh, they're literally like the uh, personification of the D&D Rangers class. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, let's see. While many outsiders see the Feinsman Order as Force-sensitive, to the Gan, they don't believe it as such, be because they interpret it as the manifestation of the enshrouding mist on their home world. So, mm. like, like the Keldor, they live in a very ozone-rich atmosphere, like it's unbreathable to a majority of races except for the Gan. So they just look at this mist and they're like, that's our god. That's huh. our god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! That's our fucking god, bro! Yeah. It's like, well, okay, we'll worship that. Uh, but, so, through the Gansvan tradition, they are granted these tracking abilities, which allow them to locate people, things, places, and even events by auguring signs and sending sent to them during a mystical ritual that takes, that takes three hours to complete. Hmm. So they like see visions and they look in the earth and all that stuff. Huh. So yeah, the the Feinsmen are really fucking cool. Let me actually send you a picture of these guys too. There we go. Oh, that's what they are. Yeah, that's what they are. Okay. Huh. What helmets? Yeah. That's uh yeah, that's what they look like. Well, mine has the gas mask on their face. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, they're a very religious people. Like, they believe in, like, finding targets as a way of, of, uh, kind of like the, uh, Trandosians in a way. Like, how they uh, get jagged knife points for their goddess and all that. Mm hmm The Gand are kind of in that similar regard, except they're force sensitives. Okay, but when... <laughs> when can I join the all female group? <laughs> and when, and what when, is up with you and wanting to join harems? And when does the fun begin? <laughs> uh, I, dude, I, it's, it's like Anakin when he killed all those kids. This oh, week. God. This, 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 this is where the fun begins. Oh, my God. This is where my fun begins. Uh, okay. Now we're going to move on to another, uh, excuse me, dark side organization. These, these guys are called the Sorcerers of Rand. They are a group of beings who believe in a power greater than the Force itself, which they called the Darkness. Oh, I, I thought they were like, God! God! I was about to say, God? God! <laughs> the Sorcerers were, found, were founded amongst a merger of three different sects of religious orders. There's the Kenzar exiles, who are known for practicing ins mental enslavement. The Nalmasoli are a deaf cult who believe who have been set to partake in rituals to summon uh, apocalyptic gods from beyond the gap and last but not least the third organization to merge to form the sorcerers of rand are the warriors of shadows a priest a uh, priestly sisterhood of tan who were defeated by the by the uh, original coruscant citizens hmm. um if you okay so to give you context the tan 
are the species that founded the Mandalorian culture. Oh. Yeah. So they have their roots in the Mandalorian culture as well. And they were created in the unknown regions of space, which is a common theme you'll see with most of these organizations. Um, yep. The sorcerers ruled the Nali Retreat, a cluster of 12 systems with a, within the Parian Nebula, located in the unknown regions. The sorcerers of Rand believe in one truth. Only power is real. And only real power is the power to destroy. Existence, existence is fleeting. Destruction is eternal. Because they're just a Sith. They feel like just the a way Sith. of the dark was their reigning philosophy, for they saw destruction as a permanent change in the structure of the universe. For this destruction, a void was created, an absence of life. The sorcerers recognize neither the light nor the dark, nor do they speak of the force itself. For them, there's only the dark. Oh, so they're like, they're a death cult. Essentially. The dark... Huh. Sorry, go on. I was just saying, that kind of weird. Yeah, kind of weird. The dark set beam against beam, star against star. It was the hidden energy of the cosmos. The great power of the dark known to the sorcerers is dark sight, which is the ability to create the future by looking at all possible outcomes and choosing the one that suited the user best. Although the outcome is not always guaranteed. Hmm. Part of it's a... Part of its success was determined by the user's alignment with the dark. Only through destruction can one ally themselves with the way of the dark. Oh, so they're just basically a death... Yeah, they're a nihilistic death cult. And this is what they look like, by the way. Please be hot. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, I'll join death cult. They look I'll like death eaters! Never yeah. mind, they look fucking... They look horrible. They look like... They look like oh god. They look like the Death Eaters from Harry Potter. Oh, wait, is that just a mask? Yeah, that's just a mask. So, that's kid, pretty cool. Yeah, they are pretty cool. Um, hey, kid, you remember in the the uh, witches episode where you asked if there was a force organization that despised this force and wanted to destroy it? Yeah, that's basically the closest that we have. Oh well, they're just they're a death cult. They want to destroy the entire thing for the true convergence of truth, which is darkness, true death. Yeah, huh. yeah. Still quite cool though. Then we have the Guardians of the Breath. Let me just uh, get that out of the way, sorry. They are an ancient order of mystics from the world of Kashi who are able to control the Force, but, keep, but find keeping records of, or journals of their teachings as blasphemous, as they kept their practice alive through oral traditions or within the breath. Wait, so you have to fucking memorize all of this shit and you can't even write this shit down? What the That's fuck? annoying. I mean, it is quite smart. I mean, you don't want people to steal all your knowledge. Yeah, true. What? <laughs> How are you going to spread your fucking religion? How are you going to spread your philosophy? How are you going to spread your ideology? Off-roaders who seek to try joining the Guardians were almost always in prison for life within the dark prisons of the Keshi dynasty. What the fuck? Oh what, my god! What the fuck is your problem? You're imprisoning people for wanting to join? What What do they believe? <laughs> that is the fucking problem? Guardians specialize in uses of a force that promoted cell growth of crops and healing, and the group were considered to be blessed with the extremely strong connection to the living force itself. What the fuck are these guys' problems? <laughs> yeah, you must remember everything. You can't record anything. Oh, you want to join me? Fuck you. What I mean, it fuck? also kind of makes sense, because since they have a strong connection to the living force, it means being between being, not physical stuff like paper or whatever. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, let's see. They also used the breath to grant them precognitive visions. Though in their history, there have been times where the Guardians would exile members that have fallen to the dark side. One of their most infamous members is Zender, the first Dark Jedi, who was one of the few survivors of the Order when a supernova wiped out their entire Order. Huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you didn't jump at the Naga Sadao joke there. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. extincted them. <laughs> Doing drive-by sun shootings. <laughs> Not only was he responsible for killing the original Hot Homeworld, he was g- responsible for killing the Guardians of the Breath. <laughs> you know what? I don't, feel, I don't feel bad for Guardians of the Breath. <laughs> yeah, they, they suck. It's They're like, not oh, that I good. Oh, I want to join your faction, be part of you, and also like spread your ideology. Oh, nope, gonna fuck pr- you. We're going to imprison and kill you. Fuck you. Which oh, is wow. ironic. <laughs> no, because... I, feel, I, I feel zero empathy for these people. Fuck you. Which is ironic because they, they are specialized in healing shit. Yeah, no. If you're, if you're a healer, you spread that shit. You heal other people. I'm not. I don't feel bad for this group. This group can fuck off. Fuck these guys. Uh, <laughs> um. Then the next order we have are the Joe which are I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, by the way. So any viewers that are well knowledge of this, you'll have to forgive me for that. Um, the Joe are one of the most ancient force-using organizations in the galaxy who studied the force in a purely intellectual application forsaking the spiritual paths taken by the Jedi and Sith. Hmm. They are typically more well-known for their diplomacy, which is on par with their Jedi counterparts, and not for their combat prowess. So they're basically a bunch of uh, negotiators. They have force abilities. Yes. It sounds like Obi-Wan would fit in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, And due to their less-than-combat prowess... uh, they wear numerous sets of armor to protect themselves in the middle of the fight. They travel the galaxy endlessly in search of new locations to study the Force and always picking up new members along the way. In recruitment, they were very selective, choosing only those that they believed would accept their way of life and contribute to their scholarly and diplomatic efforts and reject those that they see as being tainted by the dark side. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Um... They are a nomadic organization. I'm not sure if that was obvious before. Um, not tying themselves to one place and studying things such as Force Nexuses, the history of certain races, and other Force traditions, using their growing knowledge of a Force to help others reach their full potential. The Zhou Shei make, make up for their lack of physical prowess by focusing their skills in the understanding of the Force, negotiating settlements, and imbue items with a Force. Hmm, pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of these are really cool. I'm going to save that one for last. Next, we have a Mutukai. They are an organization of force adepts that were founded in 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, making them one of the more ancient sect of force users in the galaxy. This was right around the time where the Jedi Order were more lenient towards other force-sensitive factions. Like, oh, you're cool. Yeah, you're, you're fine to do whatever. Instead of nowadays, we're like, Oh, there's a dark side organization? Die! 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 Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! And this is a relatively small faction of Force users. They only have a maximum of of either 50 to 60 individuals. That's still a good amount. Yeah. The members of a Matukai believe in balance in both spirit and body. And through this utilization... 
Fruvis, they utilize the force to augment their bodies. Huh. The general tenets of a Matukai were to purify themselves through physical activity, focusing on the force through exercise and ceremony, avoiding the taint of the dark side. Oh my god, so they're just... Dude, they're chads. They're chads. <laughs> they're, 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 no, they're literally working out to, to get rid of the taint in their bodies. <laughs> Uh, Dude, they're just bodybuilders. Holy yeah, shit. they are bodybuilders. There's <laughs> just a group of Arnold Schwarzeneggers, bro. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Put that cookie down. <laughs> Put that cookie down. <laughs> oh, fuck me. I I wish I was knowledge enough in WWE memes to make a joke, but nothing comes to mind right now except Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> but could you imagine just a bunch of Jack dudes like, yeah. <laughs> Good lord. They're like the jocks of force users. Oh, yeah. No wonder the Jedi don't fucking like them that well. I don't know. They don't have an issue with them. Like, yeah. Can you imagine? It's like, it's like they're just jocks, bro. <laughs> We're a bunch of nerds. We need to learn more about the force. And then the Matukai uh, are like, you got to get your gains, brother. <laughs> beta, bitch. Beta. Force beta. Force uh, beta over here. Force man. alpha. Another important aspect of a Mutukai philosophy was the flexibility of spirit, avoid avoiding themselves from becoming flustered or upset to maintain a relaxed state. During training, trainees were frequently required to push their stamina to their highest limits while using the force to gain strength. One of their most, most common exercises is to stand in one stance for several hours or even days at a time sometimes in harsh weather conditions or under physical strain in hopes of allowing the force to flow through them. Fuck that. Can I watch anime? <laughs> Upon completion of an initiate's training, they receive a distinctive tattoo covering their foreheads and the sides of their face near the eyes. Hmm. God, dude. Could you imagine? It's like, I need you to hold this position for a month. Go not <laughs> November, too. Yeah. Dis distinguished... They are distinguished as among the best martial artists in the galaxy. The Matukai made their, made their bodies the focus of their abilities and were capable of using physical exercise and discipline as a form of meditation. In a question. Yes. Are they hot? I mean, shall we send you a uh, picture of the one Matukai official art piece that I could find? Damn, yeah, he's fire, bro. <laughs> Suck that dick, bro. It looks okay. Damn, dude, he's such a chad. Look at them. Look at them thighs. Yeah. They are complete masters of their own body to the point where they can push themselves to their limits bro, and then Bro, he even has the chad haircut. <laughs> he has the chad haircut. The virgin Jedi. The chad Tukai. Damn. Wow. <laughs> Well, like I said, they push themselves to their limits and then some, moving with such astounding speeds that they are described as whirlwinds. Their blows allowing them feats of strength and power exceeding that their body is normally capable of. Mm. Have self-awareness of their own bodies to such a discernible degree they can identify wounds, injuries, and sickness with ease, as well as being able to purge illness and poison from their bodies, becoming immune altogether. Holy shit! And even able to lower and increase their body temperature at will. That sounds so much cooler than <laughs> what the fuck we got! <laughs> you know those uh, videos of 
real life superhumans or whatever. Yeah, yeah, there's people that can regulate their body temperature. Yeah, it's basically like that, but if they could use the force. Why can't we get cool shit like that? <laughs> like, I want the Agent 47 group. I want this group. I want the whole female group. Yeah, like this I said. fucking awesome. A lot of these are really fucking cool. A lot of them are legends, granted, but still pretty fucking badass. God damn it. Hey, execs. Pay attention to this shit. They're not going to pay attention. <laughs> God damn. This sounds so cool. Yeah. Fan fiction writers, do your work. <laughs> okay. And then I'm going to briefly uh, cover one faction in canon, which I think is pretty cool, but they have literally zero to small lore to them. Um, it, there's the Order of Aside Vitalik. Uh, they're also known as the Grand Engineers. They're an ancient sect of Force users that have a unique connection with technology and are capable of controlling droids or sending information to their memory banks at will. Interesting. So they're like a sect of Force users that just develop technology and believe that uh, they are a creation of a Force and whatever. <laughs> Example, here is a uh, quote from one of their members. We who have observed the life of the universe as it courses from star to planet to life and back to star. We who have channeled the light of creation into metal and glass, that the knowledge of the universe never be lost. Who are you to lay hands on me? You have forgotten yourself. You have forgotten the secret light. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to recover these guys. I'm cheating a little bit here because these are technically a sect of the Jedi, but they are distinguished enough to be considered their own faction, basically. Um, the Tepedo Paladins, they are a small group of Jedi Knights who follow the teachings of, well, Tepedo, um, who believe that the use of weapons such as blasters and vibroblades in addition to lightsabers are acceptable. Okay. Well, because of this, the Jedi High Council censored the Paladins due to their ideals and believing them to be potential Darksiders. Yeah, Jedi are just Puritans, bro. <laughs> yeah. You're Darkside. You're Darkside. You're Darkside. Hey, guns are cool. You're Darkside. <laughs> it's like what I was telling you when Cad Bane kidnapped the Greedo baby. Yeah. When Obi-Wan had forced open the door to talk to the mother... And she's like, Jedis don't carry blasters! Yeah. Despite the same man going undercover and shooting a sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah, he knows that all too well. Yeah. Um, the Tepedo Assassins were... Not Assassins, whatever the fuck you might think. The Tepedo Paladins were known to wear masks and other sensory de deprivation devices to increase their connection to the Force, allowing the Force to guide their actions. Oh, that's what you showed me last night. Yeah. There's no official artwork, but I'll show Kidvis. Um, there is one fan piece of the, uh, Tepedo Paladins, and That's I think pretty it's, cool. it's pretty cool, yeah. Um, where the fuck is it? Uh, uh, here it is. Yeah, this is fan work, so don't take it as official. Oh, that's really cool looking. Yeah. It looks like Iron Man. A little bit, yeah. It looks like his symbiote Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, let's see. That's the, such a cool design. Yeah, it is fan-made, but still pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, the members of his sect that gained more radical views eventually became their own thing. They're known as the Grey Paladins. That they, is... That is a fucking really cool, cool yeah. design, bro. I, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that in the movie. Yeah. 
Um, so the great paladins, the, instead of using the fours as much as possible, they believed in minimum dependency on the fours, and instead allowing their skills to speak for them rather than allowing the fours to be a crutch, basically. Oh wow! So they're all like. What are you, a bunch of Jedi pussies? Stop using the Force so goddamn much. You need gains, bruh. <laughs> Gainesville! Gains! <laughs> um, however, they do... Where is it? Um, however, they do acknowledge that a sentient being could be no more independent of the Force than of nourishment, air, or sleep. So they acknowledge that the Force is a necessity in the same way that we need food and air and whatever. Um... Grey Paladins don't eschew the use of lightsabers, but they do believe they do not believe them to be dependable weapons. Rather, they believe that, the, that a Jedi should be able to use whatever weapon or tool that they are most comfortable with using. Oh. Um, while they do see the use of force as secondary, that doesn't mean they use it to amplify their own existing skills. For example, a member of a Grey Paladin, uh, their name is Lareth Tarak was able to shoot with such accuracy and quickness that her own twin blast with her own twin blasters that she could intercept blaster bolts, slugs, and even shrapnel from explosions. Damn. So she's like <laughs> with her own little pistols. Damn. Yeah. Um <laughs> either deflecting or destroying them in the process. Uh what's uh It's pretty fast. Yeah. Very fast. Imagine a Jedi but if they used a gun instead, they could use the force to guide the bullet however they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like, uh, I don't know if there's like a, uh, uh, imagine if uh, one of these great paladins used a legit gun with projectiles like our own world. They shoot the gun and the bullet just ricochets around corners. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great paladins. Okay, next we have... The Wardens of the Sky. They are a force-using organization that operate throughout the galaxy, keeping space lanes and space lanes safe from pirates and other marauders. Founded in the aftermath, space police, huh? Space police. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, founded in the aftermath of a great hyperspace wars, a singular force-sensitive hyperspace explorer began to patrol space lanes to prevent those lanes from making interstellar travel difficult for ordinary people. Eventually, the singular individual founded and trained other Force users, and they became the first Wardens of the Sky. Interesting. The Wardens believe that it was their responsibility to use their intimate knowledge of space and the Force to make space lanes safe for everyone. Each individual Warden operated alone, either patrolling space lanes with their own Starcraft or working undercover for for other ships, usually as pilots or navigators. Um, believing, they believe that using blasters within a starship would be hazardous because, you know, if you hit yeah. the wrong spot, you would go into space. Um, so they are the masters of hand-to-hand -hand combat and have developed their own unique martial art, which involves mixing force techniques with CQC. Okay. Wow. Let me send you a picture of these guys, too. CQC! Also, that warden is curb stomping a bunch of stormtroopers. So fucking cool. And funny. That's badass. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. She's hot and she's yeah. an elf. Yeah. Over time, wardens were regarded as myths. 
sort of as a tale told in cantinas by pilots. And their anatomy, uh, anonymity, helped them avoid detection by the Sith and later the Galactic Empire. So nice. they're one of the few force organizations that avoided Order 66. That okay. is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. A lot of these are pretty cool. Um, this is the second to last one, by the way. Next, we have a Zeissen Shah. They are an order of force adepts that are renowned for their survival skills, resourcefulness, and telekinesis, and proficiency with this special weapon called the Disc Blade. They are based on the Outer Rim world of Yenabar, which is... Think of Tatooine times ten. Tatooine? <laughs> I don't even want to think of that shit. That's it's horrible. an extremely harsh world that had many seasonal extremes with dry and hot summers to cold and wet winters making it barely inhospitable for any form of life. Why would you want to live there? Let me get to that. Um, the Zainsen Shah were originally the hundreds of thousands of family members of a Jedi Order that survived the aftermath of the new Sith Wars and were forced to take refuge of Yunabar to escape the chaos and await rescue from the Jedi. Problem was, they never came. You, you, oh wait, no! Wait, yeah. <laughs> some refuge planets. You 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 want that that one? What the fuck? It was the closest one, and like visibly in the middle of a war, you can't exactly choose a planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jedi that even knew about the refugees simply died during the war, leaving the colonists to be stranded and forgotten about. Oh. Yeah. Huh. That sucks. Damn. Yeah. That sucks to suck. <laughs> and it really comes into play with their relationships with the Jedi Order. Um, feeling abandoned by the Jedi, the ancestors of Jenshin Shah eked out an existence on this world and developed their own unique philosophy and force tradition. Because of their disposition, both figuratively and literally, the Jenshin Shah believed in independence and self-reliance and still with the belief that they are abandoned by the Jedi, they never wanted to be beholden by anyone. Hmm. Taking care of one's family and taking care of those who could not protect themselves is top priority for these guys. Huh. I like that. Yeah. They don't have a strict organizational structure like the Jedi Order, and children that were trained to harness their force sensitivity were always allowed to remain at home because, again, it was important to a value family over anything else. Um, and if you were separated from your family, then who are you truly fighting for except for yourself? Instead of for... Yeah, people like that, that can't protect themselves. I like that philosophy. Yeah. It's like protect other people. The isolationism practiced by the Zenshin Shah made them content in staying on Yunabar and to focus on their own communities instead of spreading out into the wider galaxy. Though due to some smoldering resentment to the Jedi Order, they have there have been a couple of individuals that have risen out of the woodwork and fall prey to the dark side of the force and normally would have to be hunted down and turned back to the path of the light. Hmm. The Zainsen Shah's ability in telekinesis is almost unmatched compared to other Force-sensitive factions, for they have mastered telekinesis to the point where it becomes second nature to them. And as natural to them as breathing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. With this almost instinctual nature, they could quickly call upon rocks and other nearby objects to block projectiles or even use the Force itself to create a physical barrier. So it's all like... Bam. Blog that shit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they have been able to perform great feats of telekinesis under great stress, never breaking their concentration once. 
like if somebody was being the shit out of his dungeon shop, they would keep their focus with their telekinetic abilities. So basically do what Naga Sadel couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? What have you done? Now, if a Jedi's main weapon is their lightsaber. He points to all the ships to speak. Do you see? <laughs> do you see? Now, as, uh, if a Jedi's main weapon is their lightsaber, then Vizan Shinsha's main weapon is the disc blade. I'll send you a picture of this thing. It looks really fucking cool. Oh, so it's like a chakra move. Yeah. Interesting. It's like a shuriken. Yeah, and if you see that second image, you see the Sunshin Shaw using that display to kill a bunch of stormtroopers on spear bikes. Get fucked. Get, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Sunshin Shaw are famous for utilizing their telekinesis to throw this weapon and use it to strike multiple targets over great distances. That's to their cool. Hand. So it's kind of like a frisbee of death. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, sometimes the weapon would be imbued with a force, making it resistant to lightsaber strikes. <laughs> nice. The Zimson Shaw eventually did reconnect to the Wire Galaxy, only at first with a fr- with fringe traders that ventured to the world to, you know, give them food and whatever. But other than that, um but only to find the Jedi Order taking some of their native children and converting them to the Order, which made the Zanshin Shah go back to into Yo, <laughs> You didn't come to the rescue and now you're taking their kids? You fucking asshole! Oh, hey, guys. Ooh, you got four sensitive children. I'm going to take that. Oh, my God. So, there's <laughs> the a... Jedi four- oh, okay, wait, no, 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 no. No, no, I'm, I'm not letting this slide. <laughs> no, no, fuck you, Jedi. Okay. You, they, they were they were war refugees. Yeah. They had to go through a war. They never wanted to be through a war. Yeah. They're, 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 they hate war. Yeah. Then they moved to a planet they didn't even want to fucking live in. It's a shit planet. It's a planet with harsh condition. Yeah. You don't come for them. You leave them. You abandon them to die in the winters and fucking In their desert. defense, the Jedi that knew about them were dead. Whatever. You <laughs> left them there. You left them there. And then, when you left them there, they finally make their own civilization. They don't have any resources. This is a shit planet. Yeah. You think anyone has resources here? No. They're a really small <laughs> tribal society. And they have kids, and they value family. And then you take away their kids? You fucking <laughs> assholes. Leave them alone. Yeah, this episode yeah. is just... <laughs> this entire episode is basically... Demonizing the Jedi Order. Yeah, at this leave, point. Them, leave them alone. They haven't done anything. Leave their kids alone. Get, get, uh, do, get. If you get kids so fucking bad, just fucking have kids. I don't know. Uh, well, due to this and uh, returning to isolationism because of a Jedi's tomfoolery and all that, uh, is it did serve them in a positive fashion because they avoided the gaze of the Empire and even with the reformation of a Jedi Order by Luke Skywalker. They never did want to retain the idea of making peaceful relations with a Jedi ever again. Well, yeah, They're like, you, nope, you, fuck you. You abandoned them in a fucking <laughs> planet to die after a war. And it's like, I can just imagine Luke Skywalker fighting about these people. And he's like, hey, the Jedi Order don't abduct children. How about you join us? 
fuck you. Exactly. Fuck you. I don't blame them. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's like if I, okay, if we were if I was promised that I was gonna be saved, but then they abandoned me and I had to raise people on my own on this planet, and then they came back. And they're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take your kids away." I'd be fucking angry. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. "What the fuck's your problem? Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me and my kids out of this shit." Uh, I a lot of these. You abandoned us. <laughs> you you left us here. We didn't even want to be part of a war. We didn't even, we didn't even ask you to fight. But we asked you to at least take us in. You fucking dicks. You left us in the fucking Arctic. Damn. Now I want to make a campaign slow, solely surrounding these guys now. Dude, I'd be so angry. It'd be like, you left me in the fucking Sahara Desert and the Arctic. <laughs> you die. left me on Tatooine, you asshole. Yeah, to die. To die. Not, not the Tatooine civilization, but a wilderness of shite. Leave me alone. I don't want to see you guys. I want to be out. <laughs> All right. We're not we, doing anything. We just want to take care of our families. <laughs> All right. Now, we come to the grand finale. This is probably one of the most popular non-Jedi, non-Sith Force-using organizations. Well, okay, aside from the Dothamirian Witches. This is probably one of the more popular EU uh, Force-sensitive organizations ever. They are called... Well, actually, let me give you a story. So... During the Clone Wars, there was this Jedi Knight named Nikos Terrace who was looking through the archives of the Jedi Order one day, and he uncovered a Sith manuscript that recounted the tales of the first exiled dark Jedi, the birth of a Sith, ancient Sith wars, and other types of Sith lore bullshit. Um, most of these details were entirely correct, except for one crucial detail. And that was that... Uh, the Jedi basically stole everything they knew from the Sith before exiling them into uh, the Unknown Regions. Yeah. Which, as you recall, wasn't exactly true because the Dark Jedi were exiled by the uh, <clears throat> Jedi and they founded the Sith who tried to conquer the Jedi. So, very weird stuff going on here. Um, while most of these details were entirely correct, except for that, um, it was a shocking revelation to Terrace. And, and clearly the manuscripts are questionable. Um, he was based, he accepted the lies at face value and he turned his back on the Jedi Order. Um, from that, he, along with several of his own Jedi colleagues and allies, create, went to the Outer Rim world of Susiba. And there he created his own force-based organization with their own philosophies and whatever. And these people are called the Jin Sarai, or Jin Sari, however you want to pronounce it. I've heard of them before. I don't know where, but I've heard the Jin Sari before. Yeah. There's actually this uh, Jedi YouTuber named Jin Sari 1. He does a lot of these uh, fantasy fights between Dooku, other oh. characters. So that's where you probably recognize okay. the name from. Um, so... The Jin Sari, the word itself, it's basically Sith for followers of a hidden truth. Hmm. And their philosophy was basically a blend of both Sith and Jedi teachings. Huh. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, at first, anyway. Um, so, the Jin Sari are based on this outer rim world of Susibai. I already mentioned that before. 
Um, you know, they're building up their numbers, making their own organizations. Everything was going pretty well. Though, tragically, Tyrus, the original founder who turned his back on the Jedi, failed to realize how the manuscript was slowly corrupting him, and he was now walking down the path of the dark side. And through him, he inadvertently converted several of his own students to the dark side as well. Mm. In the advent, this was... Uh, so he basically left the Jedi Order a couple of years before the Clone Wars. Um, this conflict arose, and with the revelation that Count Dooku had turned to the dark side, the Jedi found out about Terrus and his Jinsari Order, and basically they saw him as a powerful dark side threat and sent a bu bunch of Jedi down there, killed him and a couple of his followers, then they left the world. That would have been the end of them right then and there. However... While they did kill the founder and a couple of his uh, followers, the rest of the followers were basically in hiding and managed to avoid the gaze of the Jedi. And they saw the Jedi murdering basically their founder as like, kind of like the Jinshah situation. The Jedi are basically evil. We cannot associate with them any longer. They kidnapped kids. I don't, yeah. <laughs> no, no, fuck these guys. Yeah, fuck the Jedi. Yeah, Anyways, fuck the Jedi. Um, Hashtag fuck the Jedi. But unknown... Uh, I already said that. Um, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still so angry. I'm still so fucking mad. It's like, you you abandon these fuckers on a fucking planet, and then you take their kids later on after they established a decent tribal society. You, you fuckers. You fucking assholes. Oh and like, God. uh... After the Jedi did everything and left, um, the Jin's sorry, you know... Uh, they kind of build up their society as a sort of resentment towards the Jedi Order. Unknown to them that their founder turned to the dark side and he was actually planning to murder their ass and turn them to the dark side or whatever. Um, and then they slowly contend with remaining hidden from the Jedi. They, con they continued doing their own thing, building up their own numbers, while the shitstorm that is the Clone Wars continued to happen in the wider galaxy. And, fortunately, they avoided the gaze of the Empire during Order 66, and, uh, the Jinsari basically remained isolationist, only taking Force-sensitive members from the local population, slowly building up their numbers. Eventually, after the destruction of the Death Star and the formation of Luke Skywalker's Jedi Order, the, uh, they managed to find out about the Jinsari, and they began peace negotiations, and now they're allies with the Jedi. Because they eventually found out the truth that their founder was a darksider and going to murder their ass, basically. Okay. And fortunately, um, so you remember that manuscript that could, that corrupted their founder? Yeah. So, um, the Jinsari, as I said before, they have a blend of both Sith and Jedi teachings, but they only have a rudimentary knowledge of the dark side, which ultimately proved to be their saving as they were free from the influence of the corrupting powers of the dark side to the point of being harmless in its limited application. So essentially the, J the Jin Sarai aren't balanced in the force. It's like they don't do 50% light and dark side. It's more like 75% light side and 15% dark side. Hmm. Because anymore that would cause them to go power hungry. And while... Okay, so eventually Jedi Jinsari made up and now they're close allies, basically. 
They're not stealing their kids or anything like that. It's all happy fun times. Okay. Let me actually show you guys a picture of the Jinsari because they are fucking badass. There we go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, a, that's pretty are these cool. fucking robes? <laughs> on a cold-ass planet! <laughs> and let me go into their traditions. While they do create their own lightsabers, similar to the Jedi, they don't place a high amount of importance into it. Like, you know, the Jedi troop will eventually talk about the creation of lightsabers in its own episode. But the Jedi, like... They seek out the kyber crystals and become one with it because the kyber crystal would only show itself to those that it found worthy and all that fun stuff. <laughs> um, the Jin sorry, don't place a high emphasis on creating the lightsaber like the Jedi. They create, they did it, place a high importance on something else entirely. And it was creating their own customizable arm. Their armor, which is inspired by ancient Sith combat armor, was deemed as an outward manifestation of its wearer. The Jinsari armor is a flexible set of light armor that is spun in cartosis fibers, capable of protecting the wearer from lightsaber blows. Interesting. Cartosis is one of the many uh, lightsaber-resistant materials in, to be in, in the entire galaxy. That's cool. Basically, this material is chair level. <laughs> it's chair tier. It's chair tier. Oh, it's chair tier. <laughs> uh, for the construction of this armor, the individual Jinsari was to further customize the armor based on an animal that the user would relate to, with the normal styles being after animals that weren't overly aggressive but are capable of protecting themselves, such as Farik, which is that uh, rhinoceros like creature from Attack of the Clones. If you notice his armor, his helmet kind of has that curved horns on the side, kind of like the Reek. Um, but here's another cool thing. If inclined, the user can add additional things to their armor to better emulate the animal which they represent, such as adding built-in micro-binoculars or retractable claws. Like, like imagine if you're a member of a Jinsari and your spirit animal is, I don't know, a bird. A you squirrel. could customize your armor with a bird-like helmet Not and squirrel. wing. <laughs> squirrel. You gotta be fucking squirrel girl. And like you <laughs> add wings to your armor and fly That's pretty around cool. and shit. Dude, imagine getting a fucking stupid gay-ass uh, animal. Like, imagine if you got like something fucking stupid. Like, yeah. I don't know, like nematode. Yeah. Or fucking, I don't know, like fucking plankton. <laughs> I'd be so angry. Imagine one of these Jinsari decided to pattern themselves after a wolverine. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine wolverine with a lightsaber and claws. The bub. <laughs> What's gotta, up, bub? Got an upgrade. And the construction of this armor is deeply pers is a deeply personal affair which requires dedication and skill. Used in the Jinsari as a transition from apprentice to full knight. Just thinking, what if you got a fucking squirrel as a fucking spirit animal? <laughs> what if you got a newt? Aside from their armor, the Jinsari are skilled in masking their presence in the force, which is the reason why the Empire hasn't found their ass. Um, and have a unique ability called Ballesta Kinesis which involves hurling a collection of small objects, such as coins or pebbles, and using the force to accelerate their velocity at lethal speeds. So it's a bullet. Yeah, it's, it's like... Just, it's just a bullet. You just... Everything inside with pebbles. <laughs> uh, and 
That's essentially all I have at my fingertips. That was a lot of fat cheese. Mm-hmm. There are many, many more. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Damn, bro. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? I want the fucking all-female fat cheese. <laughs> I fucking hate the Jedi for trying to take those goddamn kids. Yeah, the Jedi suck. They suck our kids. <laughs> uh... Yeah, a lot of these are pretty cool. Of course, the Jinsari is the most popular one because, you know, edgy armor and whatever. Yeah. Jedi are not based. A Jedi are not they're based. Are... Oh, no. They're free. Uh, um, I think one of my personal favorites, as I said before, is the Sayugi Dervish, the uh, hit the Asian 47s of Star Wars. Yeah, they were pretty cool. Uh, and then the Baron Du Sages, because of their pure outlook on the Force and all that, and just, you know, meditating and saving lives from and the dervish look like they're from squid game <laughs> they do i noticed that oh my god squid game and then the chads of star wars the matukai yes. <laughs> what's your personal favorite uh hannah i said the the all-female one. Oh, there's like two of those the fallen Aussie and the embers both are cool yeah how about you kit probably twilight yeah the twilight uh a group of vigilante force users is a pretty cool concept. Twilight or Plocoon one. The, uh, the Baron Du. Yeah, the yeah. Buddhist ones are pretty cool. And then you know what? I like the one where they. I like the one where they, where they were abandoned just because it pissed me off. So yeah, they shop. were good too. Yeah. yeah, they have like the cool <laughs> disc blade <laughs> and shit. Bless you. I was so angry. I was so mad the entire time. Like you abandoned them, and now you expect their fucking kids. <laughs> you fucking assholes. You don't get to dictate that. Go away. Leave them the fuck alone. Exactly. Oh, man. All right. So that's our episode of Can Mayonnaise Kill a Jedi? Or in this case, how how good can I demonize the Jedi? How good? <laughs> it's like, how much do, do Jedi want them kids? <laughs> you make them sound like... They are! <laughs> no, 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 no. Why else did Anakin be like, this is where the fun begins? <laughs> No! End of the episode there. Bye! Oh, God. Okay, um... (laughs) What's the next episode? Okay, um... So, we may have, uh... Kind of up in the air at this point, but, uh... Because, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna hopefully have our first guest star on the podcast. And it's gonna be a surprise for when they eventually talk about it with us. But in case that doesn't pan out... Our next episode will be about lightsabers. Nice. Yeah! <laughs> Let's like, go! I like how you immediately defrone the Jedi, tearing into them all that they're worth, and now that I mentioned lightsabers, you're like, Let's go! Okay, okay. I, I can hate the people, but I but I can like their weapon. Right? Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm going to have that Joey Wheeler chin from Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> all right, so... That's uh, been our episode of Cam Man Ace Kilo Jedi. I had a lot of fun with this episode. And eventually we'll make a part two covering on all the other Force-using organizations in the galaxy. Um, Do you have any closing statements, guys? Okay. Be good people. I'm just going to go. I'm going to close out with... uh... Yeah! (laughs)